Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. We're going to talk about God change. Everybody say God change. Say God change. That's the real change, God change. And I know we are looking for change in our lives. We want change. Um, you know, most of us don't experience it, but we want it. And what we need to understand is, is there is something very important as a believer, as a follower of Jesus, which I do call God change. And that God change is the things that God is, is showing us in his word, showing us in our lives as, as we walk together, living life together. Uh, there's, there's this impartation of, of that change we need to be making in our lives. And, we, and, and it's something that God is consistently working with us to have change. See, I, I, I'm trying to get people to understand that this life is about spirit, soul, and body. It's not about just spirit, 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 all spiritual. That's not, that's not even scriptural. But what it is is about is the ability to understand what you have been given in the area of the spirit to be able to influence and affect the soul, which will direct the body. So you get all these three working together the way it's supposed to, and God will and does minister on these topics in his word for us to be able to get in, 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 in our lives operating at the highest level. But it doesn't happen overnight. It's a process of time. Just as you were born on this earth, you didn't start driving the next day. The process of growth or change is happening. Now, it didn't happen overnight, but it's a process of change. Now, God created us, right? God created all this. And he said what? It is good. What's good? The process of growth. The process of learning. It's weird how we become, you know, you get into church and this religious mindset catches on and we lose all common sense of how change happens. It's automatically, I gotta be perfect today. I've been in church a month. I should, I should be praying for five hours a day. And we do this weird stuff because that's what religion wants you to do. And what I do is I come in and I slam on the brakes and I say, get out. We don't want that in here. We want true life in here. And that's what God's word teaches, which is this process. Everybody say process of God change happening in our lives. And that's what we want. We want this God change. Amen. Turn your neighbor and say, that's what you need. Turn the other neighbor you don't like as much as that neighbor and tell him that's what you need, all right? That the, your second choice. Turn to second choice. Second place. Second place. Be great today. Be great today. So we're going to talk about how to, you know, it, it really comes down to, it, I put God's change creating your greatest life. But when it comes down to it, it's, it's literally learning to change before you have to. Now, I knew that would happen, but this is the truth. We don't want to change until the doctor says, if you don't change, you're dead. Okay, I'll change. It, we, we just go through the process where it's demanded, we're made to, because we have to, and we're recognizing, gosh, if I would have changed back here, I wouldn't be in this position. Hello, somebody. So what we want to do, so I, we want to eliminate that. We want to be able to have the process of change working in our lives. When you're learning something, let's say, for instance, you know, you, you, you were working this type of trade and all of a sudden it's just a dead end. You think, I need to learn something new. Well, it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't just click and you go, okay, you know, I was an electrician. Now I'm going to do concrete or whatever. Well, that would be stupid. But anyway. The point is, is you have to learn the process, learn, understand, grow and, and in the knowledge, in the operation of whatever it is that you're going in as a, as in a new understanding. So life is that way. You come into church, man, you know nothing. You don't know anything. And it's amazing how many people come into church acting like they know stuff. 
Before you received Jesus, you know what the Bible says you knew? Nothing. I don't care how many times you, you know, you had a Bible in your, you know, or you, you listened or heard this, but you've never received Jesus, the scripture. God says, you don't know anything. Why? Because it says it can only be spiritually discerned and your eyes are blinded to the truth. So how are you going to know something? You need to come into this place and come in with an attitude of, I don't know nothing, teach me. That, I mean, that's pretty much what you did when, they, when your parent threw you in kindergarten. They don't know that person. They don't know anything about them. All they're doing is going, no, you have to go here. And you're a kindergarten, man. You just got rid of diapers. And, the, and all of a sudden, the parents, you know, they're leaving you. And you, you don't know. And then what's happening? That life is happening. And that's how it is throughout the world. That's how it works. Now, the spiritual principle was first before the natural. And that's how life happens. That's how real life happens. So it's a process. Everybody understand that. Say it's a process. Okay, so what I want you to do is get it, understand that and go, well, let me get in on this process now. Let's get, let's get involved with some change going on. Let's do this thing. Let's, let's get connected with God and his, and his true destiny for my life. And that's what you want. Again, don't fill in the blanks of God destiny with religious ideology. If I go God's way, he'll send me as a missionary to Africa. You know, y'all start freaking out on goofy religious stuff. Now that might be something that you do. I've been to Africa. I've been to South Africa. It's nice. It's nice there. It's actually pretty awesome. But I wouldn't be afraid, you know, not that I'm asking, but anyway, <laughs> he's not going to do that. It was hard enough for me to do this. So anyway, so when we look at this, the process of change, human nature doesn't like change. I mean, that's all there's to it. Y'all know this. We are comfortable in us. Even though we don't like us, we, it, it's more comfortable. Even though we want change, it's easier this way. Change is not simple. Do you understand that? Everybody does. That's why it's not something that happens. And statistically, it, it doesn't work well on our own. But what we do is we understand human nature and science. Science shows this. This is interesting. We're hardwired to resist change. Part of the brain, the amygdala, interprets change as a threat and releases hormones for fear, fight, or flight. Your body's protecting you from change. Is that crazy? Now, now I'm looking at that more on the negative side of, of the process of change, but it's also, in all honesty, good. Because, you know, your, your process of, of how it was created, God's saying, I, I want it to be done this way. I don't want you messing with it. So there is that good part. Don't always assume we're talking about a negative. But in the process of change, you have to understand the psyche behind the warfare of you wanting to do things differently. Because, you know, the, 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 your life's going, wait a minute, we just got this going. I don't have to think about it anymore. Right? I remember years ago, because I brushed my teeth the wrong way. I brush my teeth like this. Anybody brush their teeth like this? Okay, I'm the only one that did it. Okay, y'all are awesome, and your dentist loves you and sends you Christmas gifts, I'm sure. All right, so I, that's how I brush my teeth. And then years back, the, the, the dentist and, and even the people, you know, cleaning the teeth and everything say, you need, you need to brush your teeth like this, downstrokes, you know, this way. I'm not even going to ask how many do that because you don't even probably do that. You probably don't even brush your teeth, you stinky mouse. But like this. And that was so difficult because a couple years later, I'm still doing. I'm thinking, I'm getting all the teeth. And then again, they tell me, we need you to brush like this. I'm a grown man. And now they're talking to me like I'm a kid. 
And I thought, you know what? They do know more than me. So I had to literally retrain myself. It wasn't simple. I didn't just get up every morning. I'd start and I'd go, takes longer now. Not now. I mean, I've been doing it for a little while now. But the point is, at least a week. But the point is, the, the point is, is I had to go through this whole process where my whole body, my whole mind, everything has been doing this without thinking about it. No problem. Like that. Y'all trying to deep in, look at my teeth, aren't you? Trying, how is his teeth? They're purdy. All right. So we're hardwired to protect ourselves. And then we're wanting change. And your, your body's literally going, no, we don't, we don't really want change going on. And you know you need it. Amen. We all, we all know we need it. So did you know that one in three people avoid change? One in three. That's crazy, huh? One in three people avoid change. Those who want change, 77% will quit after one week. So the rest of them, they're going, I want change. They'll go a week and go, ah, not that much. That's something. Only 19%. Now, the, you know I like to throw out these stats because it literally reveals our human nature. See, I want you to wake up to the issues that you deal with and not tie yourself into this position. I'm such a failure, I'm such a loser. And to recognize that this is the norm. It's normal to quit. It's normal to not want change. It's normal. But you know what? You ain't normal anymore. You were normal. You're not anymore. Once you become a follower of Jesus, once you say, Jesus, man, I believe in you. I believe in you. You're my Lord. You are now a part of a new family that where Jesus now says, run to win. Run to win. Be great today. Why does he want that? Because today matters. Everybody say, today matters. I am a representative of the Lord Jesus Christ. So are you. Like it or not, everybody's defining him through you. I know that can be heavy, but it's real. But I can tell you right now, it's much heavier under the definition of religion than under the definition of truth. See, the definition of God's word in my representing him never uses the term perfection. Never. But it does talk about my ability to overcome, win, uh, have the time where I might weep, but now I'm happy. The, the areas of life where I might be struggling ultimately get to a place where I'm overcoming. But it's this process of life that people are looking at. You're on stage. You know, but the, the thing that we have to understand and realize is, is that life isn't a life where you're trying to promote this, this Christianese in your language, dressing like a Christian, talking like a Christian, driving like a Christian, whatever that is, bumper stickers, Christian all over, you know, and we try to present this, you know, quote, I'm spiritual. And all people want to see is honestly what I wanted to see. And that was, do you have integrity? Are you a person with character? That's, that's who impacted my life. It was a picture of character. And it, and it really pulled me to his testimony or the way he was living life. He just was a good guy, honest until I got to know him after I got saved and I realized he's a loser. No, I'm just kidding. All right. But that's what God's wanting in our lives. Amen. So God, we want God change and it's time to have it. Psalms 55, 19. I'm going to show you how the scripture reveals of what not changing is. Because they do not change, because they don't want to change, because they don't want to have change in their lives. Therefore, they do not have a reverence or honor God. Isn't that interesting? The word says that 
if you don't want to change, it's an issue with you and God. Isn't that interesting? Now, it's when you know Psalms, this, this scripture right here, um, <clears throat> where is it? Psalms 55. Psalms 55 is David crying out to God about being attacked by the enemies. The enemies are attacking him, and he's going through this whole process, and he states that. But you, when you read Psalms 55, you know who the enemy was that was attacking him? His own son. And his own closest advisor, which he looked at as a close, dear friend. He literally left David to conspire to take over the kingdom with his son Absalom. Isn't that interesting? And David recognizes the issue and he says, they didn't want change. See, David's the king and so change happens. When you're a leader, there's change. You gotta have change. Everybody understand that? There's a process of change. Change has to take place not in your life, but those around you. Change has to happen. When change is happening, you have the ability to have life and continue. If you don't, you become like Kmart. And some of you are like going, what's Kmart? Exactly. Exactly. Who, who remembers Kmart? Okay, quite a few of you. All right, all right. There ain't no more Kmarts, right? I didn't think so. Do you know I modeled for Kmart? It's funny, but it's true. In high school, moving right along with my modeling self. You guys need help at that play, that drama. So David says, because they did not change. Now think about it. You're the king's kid. You've grown up in the palace. What does that mean? That means everybody's your servant. You ain't doing nothing. You have no authority, no position, and you get this, this mindset of wanting to lead. But you ain't showing leadership. You ain't doing nothing. You're just enjoying all the good of being the king's kid. You know what I'm saying? And that's what, that's what he was doing. So he didn't, have, he didn't have to change. For what? Everything's given to him. That's why I tell people, when things are going good in your life, you better press in. That's a time to press in. And that's usually the time when most believers get further away. They start adding more things in their life that become more important than God who got them that place of promotion. And now it's all them, of course, because they all that. You didn't, do, you didn't do stuff. I was gonna say crap, but I held it back. But I just said crap, so you didn't do crap. Once you take glory and start talking about how great you are and how smart you are, I'm with, that's, you are in, going to be in trouble. You're going to be in trouble. So when things are going dang great and things are going good, man, that's when you're like going, this is the best time to keep pressing in, keep pressing in. I'd rather be taking care of natural issues then have to, you know, in my body and my health and everything, just taking care of little things all the way right now, dealing with what I need to deal with, then to go and go open heart surgery. Oh, I need to start doing something right. No, it's too late now. We need to use some wisdom in life. Amen. So here, David's saying, you guys, change is not a part of your life. And he said, you don't reverence God. I thought that was so powerful because when I look at this, I honestly, when I first saw this, this has been a while back, but when I first saw this, I recognized, you know what? It's amazing how this, this scripture gave me to look at God's heart and passion for me to have a transformed life to where it's so important for him to bring, help me change all for the better in every area of my life, spirit, soul, body. Great change for me that I honor him by receiving it, by receiving change. I'm honoring, reverencing God. People go, oh, how do I get closer to God? Change. I just have some change going on. 
Because what you ultimately are going to do is see that it ain't you. It ain't about you. Your will is, is I want this, and God hooks up with it, but the, the empowerment of your ability to have it is God going, that's what we need. That's it. That's it. We're doing it. And it just makes life much better. Amen? Totally much better. So change is God's process of creating a better us. All right? Change shows our respect and honor for God. And honestly, when you look at the word, everything about this is showing us that living this life with God is a process of constant change. It's a process. So when we start looking at this, we start realizing, you know, I'm going to get up today and change is going to happen. Change is going to happen. Um, if you've ever worked any type of construction or any type of job that uses measurement, you'll understand that any type you, anytime you take long measurements, you know, distance uh, measurement, that if you're off a 32nd of an inch over here, the further down you go, the farther off you become. But right here, it could be just off a 32nd. And as the further the measure, the greater the distance of you being off. So it's important to keep that measuring tape online, that line online. Again, because if you don't, by the time you get to the place you want to be, you're going to be out, you know, this way, totally far from where you want to be. So when we start looking, I start realizing, okay, then I need to just, I need to make sure I'm staying on track and adjust as necessary. And if you can get up every day and go, I adjust as necessary. My plan is being great today and I will adjust change as necessary. I mean, start on the little, ruler over great. Whatever tiny change you can make will be the starting point of having lasting change process in your life. But you gotta start. I, I, I'm not telling you, do not be the person that has to wait till January 1st and then fail. That's not what you want right now. Right now, I'm telling you, once you really hook on to this mindset, you're going to accomplish some great things that you, that you truly want to happen, truly want to happen. Healthier lifestyle, um, just doing things that you only dreamed about doing, but now you're doing it. That's the God change taking place in your life. And it's always going to be good stuff I'm telling you, good stuff happening here. You become better person, better husband, better wife, better father, better mother, better abuelita, whatever. You're going to be better, all right? You're going to be better. Why? Because when you place God first, God change takes place. Amen? God change takes place. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says this, But we all, with unveiled face, Beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. You know, I know sometimes I can read this stuff and it's sort of like, what in the world are you talking about? Because he's one of these scriptures. Because we don't do this. We don't unveiled face. Is he talking about COVID mask or what's he saying? Unveiled face. What, what this is in reference to, remember, he's writing to you know, this group of people that they understand the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is a picture where Moses would go up the mountain, talk and hang out with God, and he'd come down the mountain shining with the glory of God. I don't know how that works, but I'm just saying, he's in the presence and atmosphere of God, getting God's truth and wisdom in his life and he comes down the mountain and he's glowing he's shining with this glory of God on him and the people are down on the bottom of the mountain going whoa you need to tone that shine down and he had to cover himself he had to veil himself so the people could even look or look toward him and listen to what he had to say 
And this is an Old Testament. It's a picture. And here in the new, our New Testament, our covenant, the life we live, it says here, it says that we with unveiled face, we look in the mirror, which is this, when it says beholding in the mirror, it's a symbol of the word. It's a symbol of God's word. We look in, see, we all get up. Y'all looked in the mirror somewhere. Somebody, all of you looked in the mirror. Some, you spent half the morning in front of that mirror. And you look good. But the point is, is you looked in the mirror. What were you looking in the mirror for? See what other people are doing? No, you were looking in the mirror to see what you need to take care of. You know, do you have a moco hanging out? What's going on? You got issues here, right? So you're dealing with the issues, blemishes, whatever. You're, you're, you're looking in the mirror saying, is this, you know, presentable? Am I going to look GQ today? Is Kmart going to hire me to model? So you're looking in the mirror and you're looking for that picture. Now, God's saying the reflection of that mirror, and this is what you need to understand. This is how this scripture you look at and go, what does this mean? Now I'm going to bring it down hard so you can go, whoa, this is good. This is what I need to hear. Because here's the symbol of God's word. And God's saying that reflection of you needs to be a reflection of my word. What is my word? What? What is it revealing or saying to you? So it says, I am more than a conqueror. I look at that mirror and boom, that's what I see. See, it's the word of God, that mirror. And I don't have to go like this. I don't have to shine. I don't have to shy away from it. I come boldly into this presence of God, look in the mirror of his word and his mirror is shining on me. And I'm taking that word and I'm seeing the reflection of the word of God. I'm not seeing my mistakes, my loss, my, my screw ups. I'm looking at the mirror of God now. I'm looking at the word. The word's showing me what I look like. Some of you need to understand this. I'm not playing Christianese with you. I'm giving you life and life truths that'll set you free. When you can start seeing this word that God speaks over you, this word that Jesus died for so you could have. Remember, he's called the word. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And that word is so awesome because it's the word that God's going, that's what you look like to me. Woo! Man, I'm telling you right now, the little golf patty cake, come on, man, you gotta roar that stuff. <laughs> I get all kinds of weird thoughts after stuff like that. I'm like going, oh man, don't say that. Let's move on, all right. So he says, we, we all with unveiled face behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Now watch this. this is what, look at what it says. And are being transformed. Ever say being transformed. You're being transformed into that same image. Woo. From glory to glory. You ain't getting up in that morning looking there and saying, oh, I'm all perfect. But what you are seeing is, I got some change happening. I'm believing this from glory to glory. From glory to glory. From glory to, you continuing to grow, continuing to have change. Every time you look in that mirror, you're going, oh, I see that. Because there are times when you look in the mirror, you ain't looking at certain areas because you know you got that. It's all good. Then all of a sudden, you know, all week, man, you know, you, Rough week and a pimple pops out. So now you're focused in on the pimple, right? <laughs> it's like, you don't even know what a pimple is, do you guys? But the blemish, there's something there and you are looking at it to fix, cover, whatever the case may be. And that's what that mirror reveals. But as you look in the mirror, which God calls liberty. When you look at the mirror of God's word, he's trying to get you to look past the, the vision you see of yourself and look at the reflection of that word that he sees in you. And that's where the tra transformation happens. See, I'm not looking, what is the natural truth? What is the reality of my life? Well, you get to see all kinds of mess ups. But what's God's truth? And the more of his truth I get into my life, I'm 
promise you, the less screw-ups you're going to have. I mean, you're being, you're being taught by the one who created you. You can't lose that way. But understand, glory to glory. Don't think this is overnight. It's a process, and there's nothing wrong with that. I, can, I get it, people. You all know I, I've, I've been on this journey a long time. I've been through the religious journeys, the Bible colleges, all that kind of stuff. I've, I've got intense, an intense life of this journey. But I can tell you right now that no matter what direction I'm going in this journey, the process ultimately is the same. I have to disconnect from what I feel and what I think and connect to what he feels and thinks. I just prolong it by getting dumb. I prolong it by pushing my opinions. That's how it screws up my process. But it isn't God. God's like going, no, listen, be great today. That's my view of you. Be great today. And that's what God does. He goes, come on. That's my view. I have a view of success for your life. And then all of a sudden, you looking up in the morning, you don't feel like success. All week, you don't look like success. But all of a sudden, you hear this spiritual papa in here talking to you, and you're like going, Pastor says, throw that away. What am I going to say today? What am I going to believe today? I'm going to look in this mirror and say, no, you're a winner. And I don't say that lightly. I, I don't say it in, you know, being a motivational speaker. I say it because it's God's word. And you got to believe it. You understand this? The motivational speakers, their essence or understanding comes from the foundation of this word. I'm telling you. So we got to get hold of it. All of us, right? So we go from what? transforming into the image, glory to glory. 1 Corinthians 11.1 says, be like Jesus. 1 Corinthians 11.1 says, be like Jesus. 1 Peter 2.21 says, mimic the life of Jesus. Copy him. I mean, the word of God is telling us, be like Jesus. Amen? Be like Jesus. And just like I just read, be transformed into the glory of the Lord. So God change is going to produce our best life, and that's a fact. Let me give you eight change truths Eight change truths. Number one, most change just enough to get away from a problem, but not enough to solve them. Temporary fixes. We don't want a temporary fix. I want the full thing. I don't want part of the enchilada. I want the whole enchilada, right? Right? It's 11 o'clock. You all know you want to shake your head yes. Number two, most want circumstances to change rather than change themselves to improve their circumstances. Most want circumstances to change, right? We want all, we want all the issues. We want all, everything to change. Change, quit it, stop it, stop it, stop it. But we need to start looking at ourselves. It's so easy to point fingers and never have change. Because what do you do? It's everybody else's fault. You will never have success with that mindset. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, married couples, raise your hands. Just get up. All right. All you married couples, hear me right now. That mindset will, will screw you. You don't wait for someone else to change. You change you. Yeah, but what if they don't? Who cares? Who cares? The change process in you always will change your outlook in life. To where you'll have way more pity for the fool. But I mean, the point is, you're like changing, man. You're changing. You're changing. And that change is making you just, it's, it's, it's blowing out this image of, man, I can do all things through Christ. That is so important to get hold of because as married couples, you probably go into the next stage of being parents. And you have a responsibility. Responsibility what? Fly right. 
be able to do a right thing before your kids to see. And that's what our, a parent's responsibility is. Raise our kids, train them up the way they should go. A lot of parents don't want to hear this because the way they should go, they know they shortcut life, but they don't want their kids to. It doesn't matter. You're already establishing that in their lives. Let's do the right thing. Amen? You have a great responsibility. Own up to it. Own up to it. Be the best. Be great today for your kids. Be great today for your wife, for your husband. Be great today for your family. Amen? Be great today. It's good for you, which will be good for them. Number three, most expect change, but never change. To have something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. You want something new? You're going to have to do something new. Because everything you've done is what you already have. Everybody got that? I want change, I want change. You keep eating the way you you eat and you ain't getting it. Yeah, but I want it. I'm going to pray for it. Well, with that, you know, burrito in your hand. Because if you don't do something new, you ain't going to get something new. Let's start some change. Y'all know I ain't, I'm not talking about leaps and bounds. I'm talking about do something. Do something. Forward movement, do something. And be disciplined to stick with that little thing. I guarantee you, I'm telling you, if you get to understand, you hook up with this, the process of change is going to start engaging. All God is wanting is your will to open up. That's all. He ain't going to make you do anything. He isn't going to force you. He doesn't, he, God's just like going, let me know. Let me know. It's like the scripture says, if you have not, it's because you didn't ask. We want God, God, God. Did you ask? Moving right along. Number four. Most people start to change not because it's right, but because they have to. By the way, that's the lowest percentage of lasting change. You can change because you have to. I call it, you know, uh, jailhouse, you know, salvation. Where they're in jail now and everybody wants to, oh, I'm going to be the best, I'm going to do that. And they get out and all of a sudden, where'd they go? You see it all the time. They want help in the time of trouble. And then once they're out of trouble, they go right back into we'll put them there in the first place. And that's life, people. And I, I've seen it over and over and over. That's not what we want. And we all know we can get guilty of that. I mean, I'm talking extreme, but there, we all can get guilty of that. Right or wrong, can we all get guilty of that? Well, do we quit? No, recognize. Look, as I said, when you want a great marriage operating, there's got to be great forgiveness going on. Recognize it. Forgive yourself, forgive your husband, forgive your wife, whatever, and let's move on. Ooh, this is too good for the quietness of this church. This holy spiritual church, sucking it all in right now. Most people fail to change because they try to change too much at once. It's important to understand, change is warfare. I see and I hear people, you know, make resolutions or promises or they want change and they make lists. And I go on, in my head, I don't like to be a downer, but in my, if they ask me, I'll be truthful. I'm going to say, you ain't going to do any of that. You're not. And I know they're, they're emotionally pumped up to show me and to talk to me about it, but you're going to ask me truthfully, you already know I love you too much to lie to you. Which I do. I'm going to, I'm going to speak the truth in love. All right, I'm going to say, you ain't going to do that, fatty. I won't do that. I'm going to speak the truth, right? But the point is, is you can't do that. This is a battle. Remember, what did I just say at the beginning? Everything within you is going, no, we don't like change. And I'm going to make you force you back to change. You're going to be brushing this way next week. It is. It's trying to get you back until you make it a brand new habit 
to where your subconscious now automatically, in my sleep I'm doing this, people, because it's a part of me now. It, I'm telling you right now, it's a part of me. But it was not easy at the beginning. And I'm telling you, this is the important thing to understand, that when we're in this process, you've got to look at one specific thing, get some victory going on, and then sometimes other things start adding in on it. All my life, I mean, pretty much all my life, I've been in sports, you know, you know growing up and everything. And, and not, not just one, all of them. I play all sports all the way up to into high school. And, you know, you get out that. Now you got to pick one. You know, I'm not, you know, Coach Prime where, you know, you can play baseball and football. But the point is, is you're in this place where you're, exercising, you're doing everything necessary for whatever it is you're doing, you're practicing, and you know all the things needed for that sport. And then as you get older, away from those specific things, you, you start forgetting the importance of these things. And so I, I, you know, eating wasn't really, man, young, you like anything, anything, I just eat anything, anything and everything. But you got to work out, you got you to lift and all that stuff. You got to run. And so that was a priority. But as I got older, that started getting away from me. And I started recognizing health. And to be healthy, I had to watch what I ate. I knew I had to exercise, but eating was priority. So as I got into recognizing how I needed to start changing what I eat, how I eat, stuff like that, through the process, exercise started coming back in, which I wasn't doing. Do you see what I'm saying? So what happens, there can be this little, you know, uh, ping pong effect where you're going this way and all of a sudden, boop, boop, it, it, you're starting to do this and then you're starting to do that. You wanted to do a list, but now you're seeing things happen because you are faithful at that one thing. Y'all with me on that? All right, let's get faithful in it. What is that thing you can say? You know, I'm gonna start doing this. I'm going to eliminate that. I'm going to eliminate that, that one thing. And as you work through it, and as you fight, because you're so used to, as you start winning this victory, winning this victory, you know what you're doing? I'm getting into my notes. But you start building your identity. It literally starts to grow in you being a champion. Just these little small victories will do that. Woo, it's awesome. All right. Number six, most are comfortable as is. Most people are. And they don't want to be truthful about wanting change. They just want you to seem like I'm okay with myself. But the majority of people are not. So they try to convince themselves that, you know, this is okay, this is okay. So that they want to hear other people say the same thing. If you're not healthy, it's not okay. I don't care if you're skinny as a bean or whatever. If you're not healthy, you're not okay. I want you healthy. We'll start there. Let's get healthy, amen? Healthy spirit, soul, and body. We need to be people that understand. I'm not gonna accept my negatives. I'm not gonna go, well, I've, I've lived with them so long, so? What does that mean? To accept them? I'm not going to accept them. I might have them, but I'm not accepting them. I'm going to be changing. That's my focus, changing, amen? I'm going to be great today and change. Number seven, most won't change because of the cost of change rather than the end result of no change. Isn't that crazy? Do you know the end result of you not changing is way more expensive than the small cost at the beginning? Could have changed divorce. Could have changed lost your job. Could have changed now you're in jail. Could have changed now you got this DW. You, you look at end results are always more expensive instead of the small change right now. Am I convincing anybody to do some changing today? Okay, guess what? We're talking about God change, though. God change. He's hooked up with this. 
Number eight, most won't change because of self-deception. Most people, they, they, they literally will deceive themselves. They don't need it. Let me give you three primary areas people lie about themselves. Three areas. Studies have been done on this. These are three major areas. Ready for this? The amount of what they eat. They'll lie about it. I mean, they could have a whole plateful and say, I just had a little. But people will lie to themselves and to others about how the amount they eat. Second thing, the amount they drink. Alcohol. I just have one. Oh, I just take one. I know Christians that through the years have drinking problems because they, they lie to themselves. Well, I just have one glass. Liar. Alcohol doesn't work that way. If it worked that way, we wouldn't have alcohol anonymous. We don't have alcoholics. You're deceiving yourselves. Deceiving yourselves. And it never stops there. It's like any, any type of addiction or any type of connection to a drug. You go to other things. And number three, they lie about how much they exercise. <laughs> Is that crazy? All these things are needed for healthy living. Lying about how much exercise. Hey, did you work out today? Ah, oh, three hours. Your wife said you just got up. What do you mean? In my dreams. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, the heart is deceitful above all and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Now, that is just, I want you to hear that because it is a fact about the human heart. But, everybody say but. We like buts in this place. Biblically buts. And that is, for the new covenant, we've been given a new heart, this new spirit in us. And so that is not in reference to something that we continue to have. Now, in the old nature, there is the picture of the old heart or the pool of the old heart. That's why the Bible says, Galatians 3.16, I think it is, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the, this flesh, this, this old lifestyle. So see, it's telling us that when it comes down to our lives as followers of Jesus, we need to make sure we don't allow that old attitude in. Because Jeremiah says that old attitude is deceitful and desperately wicked. And that's literally what your life will do. It'll become that way. So we don't walk that way. We walk in what does the word of God say for me? Amen. It's normal for people to compare themselves with other people. And this is what happens. When we're looking for change and we're desiring change in our lives, the tendency of not having change is because we start, this is how everything starts in life. You have your group, the people you hang with, your friends that are just like you. That's how come they're your friends. So your people, the people you hang out with, and, and don't try to calm me. Don't be deceived. You know, everybody wants to promote themselves as, oh, no, this way. I'm not, I know this is your friend. This is you. This is your group. This is, this is it. You can't lie about this. And so it says here that when you're, um, 2 Corinthians 10, 12, it says, now Jesus is, is revealing this as word about the religious people in the, in the body, in, in false teachers, false apostles, because they're all promoting themselves as something. They're trying to say, oh man, I, I'm, I'm such a better leader and I can teach better. And you know, they're doing this stuff and, and their promoting of this isn't based upon, I'm lining myself up with Paul. They're not doing this. So Paul says this, watch what he does. He says, they are only comparing themselves with each other using themselves as the standard of measurement. I mean, that's ignorant. So they're going, you know, I'm good because that's how this person is. That's what they do, and I'm a little better than this. But they only compare themselves amongst themselves. Instead of going to the top level or the highest level, they ain't comparing that level. And what this scripture says to me is, is that 
I'm not looking to compare with y'all. I got to compare. What does the word say? What does Jesus want for my life? What is God saying to me? I got to compare myself with that. That's what you need to compare yourself with. And what happens, you elevate, you elevate a lot of stuff in your life that are going to be so much better for your success. So much better. But that's going to be on you. That's up to you. Don't compare yourselves amongst just your, well, I'm good because look at us. You know, I, they, they, they miss once. I haven't missed yet. Well, I miss once, but not as much as they miss. Well, they miss three and I miss two. But anyway, I'm bad. I'm this is my group. But you're going to measure yourself with someone that isn't. That's what the, that's what the flesh religion does. Okay? And so... The reason why is because when you're doing this, you don't have a perfect standard, which by the way, the word proverb, that's what it is. It means rule or standard. Now, why is that important? Because when God in his word, what he's trying to say is, listen, I'm going to, anybody ever uh, plant a garden or, or something that has a vine and you and just stick a stick in the ground or, or whatever, you're using something that that vine will grow with. Anybody do that in your, your, your hearts? All right, how about you know what I'm talking about? All right, there we go, okay. Ain't no gardeners in this house. We're all meat eaters. Forget that vegetable stuff. All right, so what it's saying is, is that God's word is unmovable. It's the standard. It's the rule. We, as we grow, are going on that standard. We're the vine growing on what's unmovable. So that makes us one with that standard. Are you guys hearing me? And that's what God's speaking to us right now. He's saying, listen, that standard is what you need to be growing by, not this group. This group, you can be going all over the place. You're growing everywhere. Everything's just a mess. But when you hook up to what you should be, all of a sudden that rule or standard gets your life going in the correct direction. All right? So we want to compare correctly, not wrong. What does the word of God say? All right. Five self-deception truths. Number one, we lie to ourselves to feel good about ourselves. We lie to ourselves to feel good about yourselves. And people do it all the time. They lie to themselves so they feel good about themselves. The problem is it's not reality. And so in life, your outlook has to be tied to reality for your identification to have any value. And it's based upon a lie. So if it, that's, not a, that's not structure. That's fleeting. You're the one that, you know, you want to lose weight, so you move the scale 10 pounds back, and you step on there and go, <laughs> I lost 10 pounds. I feel good about myself. I know no one's ever done anything like that, but you know, there are people that do. Number two, we lie to ourselves to avoid change. I exercise. I get up on the couch and I run to that fridge three times a day. It's exercise. I exercise every day. I do core workout. I get up off the couch, walk to the fridge, and walk back and get down on that, and that core work, lying to ourselves. Amen? We can't be that way, correct? Oh, I got it, one. I've seen this one before. Not that I'm talking about myself at all. I only had one scoop of ice cream. One scoop. And I'm not lying. Serious, one scoop. Now, the three pounds of all the stuff that goes on top of it, we ain't talking about. We're talking about the one scoop. Not the three pounds of chocolate and a and, and bunch of crunch. And Are you guys hearing me? We lied to ourselves. It was only one scoop. It's only one scoop. I'm just throwing that out there. It's for your friends, okay? Teach them. That's what we do. We deceive ourselves. Number three, self-deception helps us avoid change. That's a fact. I don't need to change because why? I'm awesome. 
And you already know you need change, right? Right. Number four, it's always easier to lie than to try. It's always easier to lie to yourself than to try. Try means you're going to have force opposition. Everything you do that's going to benefit your life is going to have everything trying to stop you. Everything in life, in success, is going to have opposition. Everything, everything. Learning, opposition. You do not just learn. It's just simple. There's going to be opposition. There's going to be challenge. There's going to be pressure. You want to get healthy working out? Opposition, weight. Running, opposition, air. Do you guys hear what I'm saying? But better means there's going to be that opposition. And so self-deceptive truth, easier to lie than to try. It's a way of least resistance. Number, um, number five, truth gives us temporary bad feelings, but it's better than permanently feeling bad about yourself. See, you can, you can have the process of, ah, oh, man, I got to do this, and I'm really upset that I'm this way. But believe me, that's better than never changing and being that way forever. It's okay. It's okay. You screwed up. Get up. It's all right. You want to say my bad, wipe it off, whatever. I don't care. But don't stay that way. Don't stay that way. Understand that to continue that way is the place you don't want in your life. I put up my bad and get up and move forward. Y'all got that? All right. I'm going to end with this one. You ever heard of the ABCs? They'll say, I'm going to give you the ABCs. I'm going to give you the ABCD. Okay. I have to go one better. Be great today, right? You want to have change here. Number A, I mean, letter A, acknowledge. Acknowledge and accept the benefit of change over not changing. Acknowledge it. Look at your life and go, okay, if I don't change, this is what I get. If I change, all of a sudden, you, it's amazing how vision opens up with a picture of change. Because it's never just that little thing. It opens up vision to greater you understand what I'm saying? You, you, I want to lose this amount of weight, or I want to be, I want to spend more time with God. I promise you, once you start that and go in that direction, the picture of that change, it just brings greater vision and focus for your life. It's it's awesome. It's awesome. So acknowledge and accept the benefit of change. B, believe. Believe that you are worth it. Parents, listen to me. If you are so focused in on your family, so focused in on your kids, so focused on everybody else, but you're not doing the necessary things for your life to be healthy. You think that's honorable and, and that's so wonderful of you. I'm going to tell you that is a lie and deception of the enemy. That's not a Bible connection to being a good mom or a good dad or whatever at all. It's actually a picture opposite of God's word. You need to look at yourself and say, I am so valuable, so important. I need to be healthy. And I need to put myself first before everybody else. And now the world doesn't teach you that. So what happens? You treating everybody and you'd be dead in a few years. You'd be dead before they get older. Because you weren't that important. Are you guys listening to me? I'm going to change some culture mindsets. Were you all the slave? Not looking, taking care of yourself. You didn't think I was going to end all angry, did you? <laughs> it was good, now you get all angry. 
I ain't getting all angry. I speak with love all the time. If I didn't care about you, I would have no emotion whatsoever. None. I get through this in a breeze and like going, oh, we're done. See ya. But I do. I truly do. If you spend enough time here, you'll find that out. So making change might mean putting yourself first, setting some boundaries, whatever you need to do. But if you want the best for your life, this is the way you're going to get it. And then take care of everybody. Benefit others. Put yourself health first. Believe me, when people that love you and people that are around you, they're going to rally around that. They're not going to go, why aren't you my slave anymore? They're not going to do that. Well, some fools might, but, you know, most real people aren't. Okay? Put the best for yourself, and you're going to be better for other people. Amen? Are you guys listening to me? Right? Some of you, I want you to give yourself permission to do this. C, cultivate. Cultivate an environment that encourages support for your change. This is so important. I know people, they don't like this because when you get close to stuff that home to where you already know affects you in a negative, it's I'm, I'm coming over, you know, by you and stepping on your toe. You know, it's a certain subjects, and this is one of them. And people can't stand it because it is the truth. But if you, you got to recognize that the people you hang around with or the environment you're in is affecting you, period. I, I know you want to con yourself, convince yourself that I don't know what I'm talking about. But then you need to say that God doesn't because this is where I get this information, and people don't, religious people don't like to do that because religion never likes to do that. They want to attack Moses, even though Moses is going, hey, I'm only doing what God told me to do. They're like going, no, this ain't about God, it's about you. And that's what religious people do. They never want to be revealed in scripture. They just want to point and judge. It's sad. And believe me, I know because I've been there before. I've been on this journey Christians are some of the most judgmental people I've ever seen in life. It's terrible. I remember, going, I remember being new in this thing and, 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 and being taught how to be judgmental. You're very spiritual if you are. Look at that one over there. They don't know the walk of God. Look at that one that they don't have faith. I, man, it was, I was learning this stuff. I went to Bible college. I went to a higher degree of this stuff, higher degree of knowing how to judge people. Why listen to you? You don't know anything. I'm first year Bible college student. It's gross. All of that's gross. But that's what religion produces in most churches. We ain't gonna be that way. Amen? Amen. We ain't gonna be that way. You're not a stop gossip. Walk away. It stops right away. <laughs> Just be bold enough to go, not nah, speak to the hand, I'm out of here. I'm telling you, you can, you can help people change. It's just, no, we don't have people bold and brave enough to do it. We want to keep conforming, keep conforming. I want better, I want better. Keep conforming, keep conforming. But man, stop it. Who cares what, how they're living their lives opposite of what you want for yours? Let that go. Wait, your identity is tied to that person? They own you. That's no life to live. Focus. Amen. Focus. So we got to create a good environment. Create, have good people around you that are like going, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. They're just cheerleading you on and you're cheerleading them on. D, a disciplined life. Oh my gosh, that is a good one. But I ran out of time. Father, we thank you for life. Just be disciplined, all right? Have some self-control, will you? Did you know the root word of disciple is discipline? 
And Jesus says, I want to make you disciples. And it's being disciplined. But it's so simple what I just said. But I have way more points on that. So we'll move on. Father, thank you for your word. You are an awesome God. We love you greatly. Your word is what brings freedom to us. And as we've received your word, we recognize that the, the truth of the word accepted and acted upon is what sets us free. We received the knowledge. Now we walk in wisdom. Wisdom is the application of the knowledge we just received. We want to be known as wise people. Well, then we're going to put this to work. We're going to start recognizing our responsibility. We're going to start today doing small changes. We're going to start working towards success. We're going to see great things happen in our lives. We will not become a world statistic. We overcome. We don't become like the world. We overcome. And that means when people look at us, they don't see failure. They see people that are strong and powerful and pressing forward. And that's what Jesus wants them to see. A life that puts him first, but also a life that's living big and large for others to see. The goodness of God. So, Lord, we thank you. We thank you for the word. We receive the word. We will live this word. And we love you so much. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. All right, guys, you guys are awesome. Let's do this together, amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.